Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Tal Kirschenbaum, co-founder and CEO at Ledge, to the show today. Tal, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great uh, to have you here. Excited to jump in, especially talk uh, some finance and your product. But first, let's talk about your background. Tell us a little bit about your background. So my background is kind of a broad finance and, and business background. I actually started my my career in venture capital after studied uh, studying accounting and economics, went into venture capital with Intel's corporate VC arm, Intel Capital, this is part of their uh, Israeli coverage office in Intel Aviv, you know, then went to, to business school at University of Chicago, did some strategy consulting with BCG, moved to and, and joined Facebook's corporate development team where I led M&A deals for Facebook, acquiring companies for Facebook and some of its other assets. Messenger, WhatsApp, Oculus, and Instagram. Then, then joined a payments company called Melio, which does AP and AR automation. Think of it as kind of a Venmo for B two B, where I was able to dive even deeper into to kind of payments and fintech. That's also where the uh, the specific uh, constellation around what we're solving today at Ledge came to be. And founded Ledge uh, just over a year ago. Oh, awesome. That's a great background. And so is this is this your first startup role then or our first time founder? Yeah, this this is my first uh, first company that, that I actually founded. I've always I've always been, I've always been close to, to, to founders, you know, first mm -hmm. as an investor, later on as, as an acquirer, and, and later on as, as an employee at the startup company, one that experienced pretty fantastic uh, uh, growth. But this is my first founder experience, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. A lot of time at the other side of the table, now this side of the table, which is really interesting. So yeah, let's let's dive into Ledge. Tell us what products and or services uh, Ledge offers. So Ledge is an automated finance operations platform and solution. And, and essentially what we do is we help finance teams with their day-to-day -day tasks. So things such as reconciliation, such as handling of payment errors and providing visibility and helping companies better manage their their treasury. That's that's really what we do. We do that by integrating with a company's banks, their processors, and then there are other finance tools such as their ERP and invoicing solutions. What we essentially do is we help serve as a layer that connects the finance team with that entire infrastructure and stack that oftentimes is comprised from these separate, unconnected. Uh, data sources that we help first connect and then better manage and draw insights from. Yeah, so interesting. Very specific with the payment reconciliation. And now I was on your website. Website looks like maybe a, a new treasury management platform or product. But yeah, tell me, you know, maybe your experience, Emilio. Where did where did this idea come from to really focus on a very specific, you could say, pain point within the back office of finance and accounting? So absolutely, that is the kind of the, the origin story for, for us. Milio as a payments company has a, a tremendous volume of payment that it, that it processes and handles on behalf of its customers. And as, as such, that really brings along uh, pretty significant complexities and challenges from an operational standpoint. Think of the finance team at Milio that has to stitch together multiple different banks and multiple different processors that act as Milio's infrastructure. And then they have to, to make sure that that data, that those payments are also reflected well enough in Milio's internal databases and Milio's ERP system. 
And that presents pretty significant challenges, so much so that Melio actually had to go ahead and develop its own proprietary internal solution to try and automate that on, on a massive scale. And, you know, when you're dealing with a, such a high volume of payments, that is simply a necessity, something that you have to do. Now, now Melio, as a payments company, has the privilege of having the relevant uh, R&D teams in place and the relevant payments expertise to be able to, to, to pull off such a, a development effort. But that is actually a privilege that only very, very few companies have. Now, the pain point of having to process, deal with, standardize, clean up data that is related to a high volume of payments, that is a much, much more common situation and issue that we're seeing. And so we really founded Ledge to, to help companies who might not have that relevant payments expertise and who might not have the relevant R&D resources that would be allocated towards helping a CFO solve what is really a uh, sort of a back office finance issue. We th th That is really why we founded Ledge, to, to help those teams with that specific type of a task. Yeah, really interesting. I know in the back office of SaaS companies, definitely payment reconciliation, a pain point. But tell us a little bit about your ideal customer profile. Are you going after different industries, You know, going after CFOs? Tell us a little bit about who you're after with your product. Absolutely. So for us, the key deciding factor is a company's payment volume. You know, a company that, that has a payment volume of, let's call it, over 1,000 payments a month. That's a situation where trying to manage that manually by continuously throwing kind of people at the problem becomes becomes pretty challenging. We know of quite a few companies that actually have teams of 45, 50 people. All they do is reconciliation as an example. And that's aside from treasury management, of course, and trying to handle payment operations as well. Um, and, and, and so for us, the key part of the ICP is whether a company has that significant enough of a payment volume. And we see that across different types of companies. Generally speaking, that tends to be mid-market and enterprise tech companies. And that sits across multiple different segments. So we see that in marketplaces and platforms and SaaS companies, both vertical and horizontal ones. We see that with insurance, real estate, advertising, gaming, and, and of course, FinTech. This, this kind of problem and pain point is not just a painful one, as I'm sure you and many other finance teams know and have the battle scars to, to show for it, but it is also one that is unbelievably common and broad. It is really one of the uh, lowest common denominators in, in, in finance, really. Yeah, I know as a CFO, it's one of those things that it's like, maybe it's not a sexy thing, but such a, a critical thing to solve. And just, you know, because there's, as you know, so many, finance and accounting is so transactional. As we close the books, prepare the financial statements, reconcile the payments, our subledgers, all that stuff, a lot of process in place and just tons of transactions as our company scales. And if we don't have the tech in place, it can get wildly out of hand, which I'm sure you've seen a lot of prospects that you talk to. That's that's hundred percent true, and you know it's a few interesting things that you just said. So first of all, I, I couldn't agree more with the fact that reconciliation is probably one of the least sexy things that you can think of, right? Uh, I actually think that as a business opportunity, it's so unsexy that it's actually sexy. Right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 so unbelievably painful to to solve in a manual way, which means you know you've got someone at least or a few people on the finance team 
tried to, to download CSVs from multiple different sources, right? A company's ERP and then an internal database and processors and banks, and then pulling all that into a massive spreadsheet, trying to use the lookups and index match functions and, you know, maybe some, some scripts as well to try and tie that all together. That could be very tricky. And even that doesn't provide you with a good enough of a coverage. So not only are you spending a significant amount of time and effort on this, but you're not getting to where you need to get. And that means you're probably experiencing losses as well, because we all know this payments have this interesting property of tending to break. And so you've got chargebacks and HCH returns and reversals and wire transfer, fa transfer failures. And when, and when that happens and you don't have a good enough of a handle on it, then you're paying out of your pocket for those transactions. And that really adds up. We're working with companies as an example, one company that's transacting to the tune of over a billion dollars a month. And they're actually experiencing losses that are quite significant, over a over million and a half dollars a month in losses. Now they're able to recover two thirds of that. But what that means is that half a million dollars a month is, is simply something that they have no other option but to acknowledge as a write-off and as a loss. And, and that really has significant, significant implications to it, right? It gets messy really quickly. It's one of those things that as a company kind of grows and starts to scale and, and the business is now booming and doing well, that success, that booming of the business is a double-edged sword, right? Because that means that the finance team in the back office is now struggling. It's, it's one of those things where it's never an issue until it's an overwhelming issue that consumes the finance teams. And all of a sudden, you've got folks on the finance teams who all they do is just try to get a handle on what's going on in the day-to-day -day, you know, operations, rather than being able to divert attention and work and focus into the more strategic elements of, of their work. Yeah, it makes, makes a ton of sense uh, to solve that, that problem. So tell us, when did you found Ledge? What, what year did you found the company? We founded a company last year in the second half of, of 22, where the, you know, when the market was already kind of in, at a standstill pretty much, your recession was, of course, looming over everyone's heads. And uh, even, even that was a pretty interesting experience, you know, starting a company during that time, raising our seed round during that time as well. That was, uh, that was a pretty interesting uh, uh, thing to go through. Yeah, definitely interesting times. So the back half of 2022, you founded the company. And are you virtual? Do you have a headquarters? So we're based out of New York, and we also have uh, a significant R&D presence in Intel Aviv, Israel. And so I split my time between, between the two. Okay, okay, sounds good. And then what's your current team size? Right now, we're just under 15 people, but, you know, quite fortunate to, to, to be growing pretty well. Again, this all kind of comes, comes back to, to when we actually started the company and the general macro environment at that time. Um, for us, we knew that things were going to be pretty pretty challenging for the next couple of years. And so when we raised our seed round, we really optimized for one thing, which is runway. We wanted to have enough funds to be able to execute on our vision and, and do that in a comfortable way. And so we were pretty conservative in terms of ramping up the team. We wanted to first see signs that what we're doing is adding significant value to our customers. And so only then did we actually accelerate our, uh, our kind of general plan and hiring plan very specifically and started adding additional folks to the team. And we're still 
growing the team and we'll continue to do so over the course of the next few months. Yeah, well, I love that. And we'll talk about your fundraising lessons. Anything you want to share? Are you pre-revenue right now? Are you generating revenue? Anything you want to share around the scale of your company right now? So we are already generating revenue. And, and for us, that's something that you know we, we feel very fortunate and, and lucky to be able to do within less than a year of actually starting the company. Uh, where we have a product that we're able to, to launch very quickly within about four months of when we started the company. We launched an MVP and started working with design partners and then over time started working with uh, different companies, first in the form of uh, kind of pilot programs to demonstrate the value that we can provide and then converted them into becoming paying customers and we've been working with, with a few of those things. Yeah, that's great. That's that's a quick turnaround or a quick MVP and then to, to revenue generating. That's that's awesome. And tell us a little bit about your current go-to-market motion. So obviously reaching out to the Office of Finance and Accounting, you know, so is it outbound, you know, just cold outreach? How are you finding your your prospects? How are you how are you getting a hold of those CFOs? It's a combination of a few things, you know, first, first is really outbound sales and you know, enterprise sales. So reaching out to companies and we have a good idea of which company would make a good fit from outside in. You'd be able to tell if the company should have a significant enough of a payment flow based off of the number of customers they have, based off of the team size, and also based off of their industry. So companies in specific industries and sectors are um, more probable, more likely to actually see significant complexity in their back office as it relates to payments. Think of a marketplace, for example, that has pay-ins coming in from, from buyers and pay-outs going into sellers as well. Even just having that type of a payment flow creates quite a, quite a bit of complexity. And so that is one type of characteristic that for us serves as an indication that someone on the finance team is probably experiencing uh, quite a bit of pain as it relates to, to their general finance operations. And of course, aside from the uh, outbound sales, we also have various types of distribution partnerships with companies that are tangential to what we do and comprise the part of a finance team's stack. And of course, we also have some inbound uh, channels as well. This is a newer type of a category that we're uh, establishing and creating and pioneering and we're calling it finance operations. And we're seeing that it resonates very well with uh, the, the persona that we're serving, which is finance leaders and, and folks on the finance team who are actually doing the work day to day. And so we're seeing, you know, people come in through Google searches, through LinkedIn, through Twitter, even, and various newsletters and, and so on and, and podcasts as well. That's great. And so you've raised $9 million to date, so $9 million seed round. And what led you to that seed round versus, say, bootstrapping it? You know, what was the thought process around raising that seed? So we knew exactly what we needed to, 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 to build and to do. Again, this is something that, that I've seen done internally at Melio. We knew that this was a, a significant lift. We saw this as a very exciting opportunity, one that is quite broad. And so when we took both of those factors into account, knowing that this takes a significant amount of, uh, of investment in order to build a product that would be actually able to, to, to solve the pain point, fill that need, that gap that we've seen in the market, and as well as this, the size of the opportunity, the size of how broad of a pain point this is, we, we knew that raising a fund, raising, raising a round and trying to very quickly get to market and demonstrate value 
that to us made made the most sense in terms of the best uh, course of action at the time. With raising the seed round, you know, at that point in time, did you was it selling the vision, the story? Did you have an MVP yet? What what was the sequence of raising this round and and your product build? So for us, it was a combination of a few things. You know, it was a combination of, of the vision that we had, which was very much based off of what we've seen and done and we're familiar with from our own previous experience at Melio. And when we when we match that with having a very, very clear, uh, detailed plan into what it was that we wanted to build with very specific details into that um, and early development work that went into that, that kind of led us to, to, to the seed. And of course, you know, a big part of what we did as part of the, the seed fundraising process was build this very specific composition of, of investors who we wanted to have with us as, as really as partners on this journey. And so for us, we wanted to have a, a very specific combination of you know, people who are very deeply, intimately familiar with this specific problem and pain point. And so for us, that, that translated into uh, um, Jonathan Golden from, from New Enterprise Associates NEA when the pleading our seed round and Jonathan was uh, the head of payments at Airbnb and he's 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 the person who built Airbnb's payments infrastructure and someone who was deeply familiar with that specific problem and pain point the first conversation i had with him i started giving my my, my pitch as i you know as i did many times up until that point and within a couple of minutes Jonathan stops me and continues my pitch for me and actually told me eventually, you know, I've, I've been looking to invest in something like this for years. You're only able to do that when you have someone who is that familiar with the space. And, and that for us has been tremendous. And along with, with Jonathan, we also raised some, some funding from various uh, fintech founders. So founders from Payoneer, Fundbox, Papaya Global, Mesh Payments, the spend management company, as well as some of the founders at Melio. The, the AP and AR automation company where, where I actually came from. And so we wanted to have that very specific constellation of people together with us as, as experts, as people who've experienced the specific pain point themselves and who'd be able to, to serve as trusted advisors and partners for us on this uh, on this journey. Yeah, and, and did your venture capital background help you with finding investors or just narrowing the field faster than normal, say a founder who didn't have your network? Tell us a little bit about that. Did that background help you in that seed process? So so I think it did in, in a couple ways. First of all, you know, having having some access, which probably is better than the access of a first-time founder would generally have, that, that definitely helped. But I think another thing that was pretty helpful was just the familiarity and the experience I have with the fundraising process from, from the other side of the table. So being familiar with the very standard kind of terms um, and mechanics around the fundraising process, also understanding what investors expect to see. And it's things that are you know as basic as simply knowing how to tell a story in a way that's going to be structured to the investment story that they then need to tell internally and how they want to create conviction internally as they evaluate an opportunity. So that I think was, was pretty helpful for us. And even to the extent of thinking about, you know, what does a term sheet look like? How can you structure different components of it and the different trade-offs that you can make? I think that was also pretty helpful throughout that process. 
Yeah, that, that, yeah, that seems like it'd be a, a huge help. And, and Tal, as you guide your business right now about, you know, coming up on your, your one year mark this year, what's a, a favorite number or metric that you're focused on to manage your business and guide your business right now? For us, we're, the goal is, is quite clear and straightforward. As we think about the company's journey, we're working backwards from the next funding round, the, the, the A round for us. And I think this is always true, and especially in this kind of macroeconomic environment. What you want to have when you get to that point is proving product market fit beyond a doubt. For us, that translates into having a few dozens, plural, of paying customers who absolutely uh, love what we do for them, appreciate the value that we provide for them, as well as the revenue run rate that goes with it. So we are aiming for a specific ARR uh, target when we get to that point. Okay, that's great. So looking at that A round coming up, looking at you know getting product market fit, proving that out and having a few dozens customers and, and an AR target in mind, that's super helpful. So tell us, we wrap up here today, what's next for your company? What's coming up that's new and exciting at Ledge? So for us, it's a combination of things. It's, it's continuing to expand the product by adding additional capabilities, which are, again, all uh, additional components that are a part of the day-to-day workflows and processes that finance teams have and go through. That's really the core focus for us. So we'll be continuing expanding that product offering and helping teams automate additional uh, functions of, of what they do. That for us is, is the biggest part from a product standpoint. And of course, as, as a company, we'll, we're looking to continue to, to, to grow and so continue to execute on delivery of the product as well as on the go-to-market side. So continuing to expand our customer base, continuing to build an organization that knows how to bring in the business as well as supporting existing customers from a customer success, customer support, and operations standpoint as well. Yeah, and that's really interesting because I love you've gone really you know deep domain expertise on the payments function, and now are you thinking just like hey what looking at finance and accounting in their daily life and just thinking okay what what else can we interact here with whether it's technology process other transactions so is it really a study of what's happening in the back office to see where next to push the product? That's that's exactly that, and of course you know we we combine that with what we're doing today and what's going to be easiest for us to expand into with a combination of what's going to be highest value to finance teams that we work with. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Well, Tal, really appreciate your time today as, as, as we wrap up here. If, if listeners would like to learn more about Ledge, where should we send them online? So I think our website is, is absolutely one of the best places to, to, to go to it's ledge.co ledge.co we also have our, our blog there with some uh, exciting content i think for for finance professionals as they think about how do they want to develop their their infrastructure their stack and perhaps help uh, increase efficiency and productivity through automation as well Okay, that's great. So if you'd like to learn more about what Al's doing at Ledge, check out Ledge, L-E-D-G-E dot co uh, for more information and check out their blog. And Tal, really appreciate you sharing your experience and stories today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks.